Hello again. How often have you used the expression, the handwriting is on the wall? This adage is actually derived from today's first reading from the book of Daniel. It denotes the foreshadowing of any impending doom, misfortune, or end. A person who does not or refuses to see the writing on the wall is being described as ignorant to the signs of a cataclysmic event that will likely occur in the near future. And so it is used appropriately within the context of today's reading from the book of Daniel. The passage reads like a scene reminiscent of an old Alfred Hitchcock horror flick. Imagine yourself there with Daniel and the others watching the hand, a hand, the appearance of which is described in these words, quote, Suddenly, opposite the lampstand, the fingers of a human hand appeared, writing on the plaster of the wall in the King Behalzar's palace. When the king saw the wrist and hand that wrote, his face blanched, his thoughts terrified him, his hip joints shook, and his knees knocked, unquote. As the reading then describes, Daniel is brought into the room and solves the written enigma. Quote, this is the writing that was inscribed, Mene, Teco, and Perez. These words mean, Mene, God has numbered your kingdom and put an end to it. Tekel, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Unquote. The horrified king who summoned Daniel listened anxiously, anxiously, as Daniel explains the meaning of the message. Belshazzar's kingdom will be given to the Medes and Persians. Belshazzar rewards Daniel and raises him to be third in the kingdom. But that very night, Belshazzar is slain and Darius the Mede takes the kingdom. Here in chapter 5 and throughout the 12 chapters of the book of Daniel, we learn about his prophetic powers of interpretation and wisdom. Of course, we also learn of his courage in entering a lion's den and surviving. Yes, folks, the book of Daniel contains stories revealing how inspired by his faith and trust in God, he acted heroically against the unjust structures of his day. Similarly, today is the 43rd anniversary of the death of Dorothy Day. We honor this great 20th century figure who, like Daniel, challenged the unjust structures of her day. She, too, has been described as a prophet. What's more, in the year 2012, her cause for canonization began as she was proclaimed in the initial category of a servant of God. Dorothy May Day was born on November 8, 1897, in the Brooklyn Heights neighborhood of Brooklyn, New York. There were a series of searching and struggles that she described in her book, The Long Loneliness. Dorothy was baptized an Episcopalian, and then in 1927 became a Catholic. Dorothy was an active journalist and described her social activism in her writings. In 1917, she was imprisoned as a member of suffragists, Alice Paul's nonviolent Silent Sentinels. In the 1930s, Dorothy worked closely with fellow activist Peter Morin to establish the Catholic Worker Movement, a pacifist movement that combines direct 
aid for the poor and homeless with nonviolent direct action on their behalf. Dorothy practiced civil disobedience, which led to her being arrested on several occasions. As part of the Catholic work movement, worker movement, Dorothy co-founded the Catholic Worker newspaper in 1933 and served as editor from 1933 until her death in 1980. In this newspaper, Dorothy advocated the Catholic economic theory called distributism, which she considered a third way between capitalism and socialism. Pope Benedict later, Pope Benedict XVI, later used her conversion story as an example of how to journey towards faith in a secularized environment. More recently, in, a de- in an address before the United States Congress, Pope Francis, including her in a list of four exemplary Americans who built a better future. Some of the day of Dorothy's strong faith and courageous wisdom are revealed in quotations such as, first, speaking of the Eucharist, she remarked, quote, we go eat of this fruit of the tree of life because Jesus told us to. He took upon himself our humanity that we might share in his divinity. We are nourished by his flesh that we may grow to be other Christ. I believe this literally, just as I believe the child is nourished by the milk from his mother's breast. Unquote. Speaking of the plight of the poor, Dorothy asserted, quote, The gospel takes away our right forever to discriminate between the deserving and the undeserving poor, unquote. Concerning the need for acts of social justice, Dorothy wrote, quote, What we would like to do is change the world, make it a little simpler for people to feed, clothe, and shelter themselves as God intended them to do, and by fighting for better conditions, by crying out unceasingly for the rights of the workers, the poor, of the destitute, the rights of the worthy and unworthy poor, In other words, we can, to a certain extent, change the world. We can work for the oasis, the little cell of joy and peace in that harried world. We can throw our pebble in the pond and be confident that its ever-widening circle will reach around the world. And finally, how interesting it is that in response to a question to Dorothy about her holiness, she protested, quote, don't call me a saint. I don't want to be dismissed so easily, unquote. A link to a short video of Dorothy's life may be found next to today's homily link. Yes, friends, on a day when we honor both the prophet Daniel and the prophet Dorothy Day, we may find consolation in knowing that the Spirit of God continues to raise up prophets among us. Inspired by their faith, may we too be attentive to the prophetic messages they have to offer us in their day and in our day, so we may be alert to the needs of faith and justice in our own times.